Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh Lord, you're here, and we're here. May we be here together, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you, and man, look at some of these new faces or familiar faces that are new again or whatever. Um, In case it's not obvious to you, um, my Italian DNA that I got from my grandfather and my dad's side of the family, and therefore my physique doesn't necessarily lend itself well to the dominating in the sport of basketball. That's why I always like to stand up here because now I feel a little taller. But, you know, this didn't prevent me as a kid, as a 12-year-old kid, from believing that I possessed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar-like qualities and abilities and skills. When us neighborhood kids would gather in my friend John Clark's driveway after school for a game of hoops. Each afternoon after school, we would, uh, out on that driveway, I literally put on a clinic that displayed skills just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Jojo White or John Havlicek or Jerry West, a good West Virginian, can't forget him, or Dr. J. I was truly amazing. I was. I mean, whew. I mean, I thought I had it until I was picked number 499 out of about 500 kids at the YMCA Basketball League tryouts. That's when I got a humbling reality check. I was not nearly as good at basketball as I thought I was. But fortunately, I learned, regardless of my skill level, (laughs) that every kid gets chosen for a team. So, with the 499 pick, of the 1975 YMCA Buddy Basketball League, Rick Luoni was chosen by James D. Lilly Real Estate sponsored team and given jersey number 11. However, that's when I actually realized, you know, um, maybe my basketball prowess is not necessarily great. And maybe those new blistering white, blistering white, low-top leather converses with the star on the side, those sneakers didn't qualify me. The only reason that I got picked for the team was my coach wanted me. Everybody gets in, and the coach selected me, number 11. You know... 
It doesn't work like that way in our world, does it? I mean, in our culture, not everyone makes the team. I mean, there's winners and there's losers. Some are accepted, some are rejected. Some are qualified, some are unqualified. Some are eligible, and those over there are ineligible. And we have all these various standards and rules to determine who's in and who's out. We even do that in the church, believe it or not. But I digress. Perhaps you have known the security of actually being one of the qualified ones, one of the accepted ones, one of the ones that made the team, chosen for the team. You know what that feels like. It feels good. Likewise, maybe you've been one of those ones that, you know what? You're not qualified for the team. You're not going to make it. You know why? Because you don't possess what it takes. So therefore, you've been overlooked and rejected and you're ineligible. You ever felt like that? You know that kind of shame? So maybe you're wondering, okay, Father Rick, what in the world does this basketball metaphor, this life metaphor, have to do with my life and God? And I'm here to tell you it has absolutely everything to do with your life and God. Last week, we began our summer sermon series on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Um, hopefully, you're being able to read along. You're taking the time. We're in chapter 2 today. It's only six chapters, and I encourage you throughout the week to read it. Now, the primary issue Paul deals with, he's talking to a Gentile audience, a church in Ephesus that he had built and that he had gathered, and he was writing this letter to them, and he was reminding them um, of their acceptance before God, their access, therefore, to God, and their blessing um, of one another as fellow, as everyone that wore the same jersey, right? They didn't wear jersey that said Ephesus on it. They wore a jersey that said Jesus, right? And he's reminding them that you got this jersey. And Paul, uh, last week, Father Greg uh, reminded us about Paul's claims to these folks. He says, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. You have been chosen in Christ, blessed, chosen, lavished in grace, adopted as God's own beloved children, forgiven, and you are sealed and marked by the Holy Spirit as Christ's own forever. That, he says, is our true identity. Not Ephesus, not West Virginia, not Gator, not Seminole, <laughs> Seminole right? It's all God's doing in and through Jesus Christ. Paul reminds the church, he says this, God's mercy, listen, God's mercy is so abundant and His love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, He brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you've been saved, he says. Okay, in other words, despite how great or qualified we think we might be, or maybe despite how unqualified and rejected you think you may be, guess what? We all miss shots. We're, whew, you know, 
All right? No matter what, we miss. We miss. We are, Paul says, and he's reminding these people, these Gentile audience, hey, you all were estranged from God. You were estranged. You were not part of God's team. You didn't have the jersey on, right? You had your own jersey and you had your jersey. Everybody. And it was just like um, you were lost. You were lost. But, he says, through Jesus we were chosen for God's team. Paul says that we were saved. That word saved um, actually means um, to be made whole, that we were restored, that we were redeemed, that we were reconciled. Not because of our qualifications or lack of qualifications, not because of our eligibility or our ineligibility, but because God in God's infinite wisdom and in God's infinite love, God made up God's mind that He wanted us and His creation on His team. The gospel says that Jesus is with His apostles and the crowds are coming to Him. And God's looking at all these people, just like me on the, my friend's driveway, right? We're out there shooting. You know, I think I'm the man. And God's sitting there watching going, hmm, man. He's not looking at Rick going, he's never going to make my team. He is never going to make my team. So I like him. I don't like him. That's not what God does, right? Jesus looks out at the crowd and he realizes and he has what? Compassion on these people. Because he's watching them on the driveway shooting hoops. And he's like, they don't have a head coach. They don't have a clue. They are like a sheep without a shepherd. God is compassionate. Say that again. God is compassionate. And when he looks at us, he sees us with compassion. Despite how great we are on the court or how miserably we fail on the court. God has compassion. The good news, Paul claims, is that God's love, God's unmerited, God's unearned favor, that is His grace and His one-way love, extends to all people. Why? Because God is compassionate. The good news, Paul asserts, is that Jesus Christ has destroyed the distinction between the qualified and the unqualified. That Jesus had destroyed the distinction between accepted and rejected. And that God in Christ has destroyed the distinction between eligible and ineligible. And so Paul looks at these people today in this gospel text, excuse me, in this epistle text, and he says this, Y'all, I want you to remember your life, when you were out on that court or out on that driveway, bumping into each other, fouling, tripping each other, missing shots, thinking you were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, thinking you were Jojo White, thinking you were John Avlicek, I want you to know, you, I want you to remember that. Remember that you were foreigners and you did not belong to God's chosen people is what he says to them. He says you had no part in their covenants which were based on God's promises to his people Israel. And you lived in this world without hope and without God. But now, Paul says, but now, 
in union with Christ Jesus, who used to be far away, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God looked on the driveway, and he doesn't say, hmm, he doesn't make it not qualified, unacceptable. God looks with compassion. And Jesus Christ and God in Christ comes. And he makes those kids on that driveway a part of his team through his son. They all get his jersey. On the back it says the kingdom of God instead of James D. Lilly Real Estate. And on the front it says Jesus. It's the same jersey. And this is good news for us. God's love and mercy extends to absolutely everyone. We are the ones who were once far, far off. We were the ones who were spiritually off. As Paul says, spiritually dead, estranged. We're the one that kept missing. And no matter how much we tried, we couldn't make the shot. We'd fallen short but now have been brought near to God. Christ has brought us near, nearer to God and nearer to each other is what Paul is saying. Listen to this. He says, with his own body, Jesus, with his own body, he broke down the wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles and kept them enemies. It's just like the Boston Celtics and the L.A. Lakers. Y'all remember those guys? You know, you know who I'm talking about? Well, they played a lot, but they didn't like each other, right? They were once enemies. And God in Christ comes, takes those jerseys off, gives them a new jersey, and he makes them one team. They're no longer competitors against one another. They're no longer out to get each other. They're now no longer out to beat one another, but they are one. Paul says he abolished the Jewish laws with its commandments and rules in order to create out of two races one new people in union with himself. He didn't come to make Americans. He didn't come to make English. Sorry, Andrew. He didn't come to whatever, right? But black, white, yellow, green, purple, all or one. One new people in union with himself, all wearing the same jersey. In this way, Paul says, he makes peace. By his death on the cross, Jesus Christ destroyed their animosity. They're no longer Boston Celtics. It's not Larry Bird against Magic Johnson anymore. They're playing on the same team for the same head coach. By his death, he destroyed their animosity. By means of the cross, he united both races into one body and brought them back to God. Who did that? Wasn't Larry Bird. Wasn't Magic Johnson. It wasn't Rick Luoni. It was the head coach. Jesus Christ. He did that. Paul says that Christ came to destroy the dividing wall of hostility that separates and divides people. Shout this to the world. Jesus Christ came to destroy the walls of hostility 
that separate people and divide people from themselves and God. Jews and Gentiles in this story were once aliens to each other. Why? They wore different jerseys, right? Cultural issues like circumcision or food purity and race divided these people. There was an us and them distinction because we, the Jews, did certain things. We were the chosen ones. We're special. They're not, right? They, the Gentiles, didn't do those special things. And guess what? They hated each other. They hated each other. And when they came to the temple, big temple, beautiful temple, there were four courts inside this temple. And I won't go into all the details of the court, but there was four courts, walls, um, that kept holy people from the unclean people. And the Gentiles were only allowed a certain spot, right? It's like if we set up our church, right? And you only could go certain places. You could only, only those people could come to the communion rail, or only those people could hear the sermon, or only those people could, right? And so the Gentiles, there was a wall. As a matter of fact, the wall said, if you pass this wall as a Gentile, you will die. So, this walls prevented people from experiencing God and spirit experiencing oneness with one another. And Paul is saying that those walls, that Jesus tore down the dividing walls between those two groups. These two groups are now one team. They actually have one jersey. They have matching jerseys, right? And this happened, Paul says, through Jesus' death on a cross. The cross communicates God's love for all people. On that cross, it was God who loves the world. The world. Not just the James D. Real, really Real Estate sponsored team. Not just the Celtics or the Lakers or whatever our team is. He loves the world. And it wasn't nails that hung Jesus on the cross that kept him there. It was love. It was his love for all the world that held him there. And at the cross, Jesus destroys all divisions. The cross, you could say, is the great equalizer in our world and represents the peace of God that made peace with the world. When he uses this world, he says, Jesus is our peace, Paul says. Jesus is our peace. Jesus makes peace. Jesus proclaims peace. This word peace is not merely the termination of hostility. This word peace means something more. It's literally where we get the word salvation. It's about wholeness and oneness. And it's a comprehensive term for salvation and life with God. So when he says Jesus is our peace, he's not just saying Jesus is my eternal peace. He's saying that Jesus is the peace, the salvific peace that brings us together. The shalom of God. How did he do this? How is that possible? Because by dying on a cross, Jesus abolished all attempts by us to gain acceptance with God by our own effort and by doing certain things. And therefore, because you miss the jump shots and you're unqualified, despite how great you think you are, you still miss. And so do they. 
And we can't make the team. We need someone to pick us. Hence, access to God is through what Christ has done and not what we choose to do on our own efforts. Y'all tracking with me on this? So Paul says this, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that because if you forget that, you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, I'm on this team, man. You're going to look down the bench and you're going to like, I don't want him on this team. He doesn't deserve to be on our team. Right? Right? You're going to start putting up walls. Jesus gave his life to destroy walls that separate God's people from one another. Paul says, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God with Christ. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. We all have been given a jersey. We all have a number. And on the jersey, it has nothing else but Jesus Christ on the jersey. We're now playing for God's team. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. All are included. The cross made us one team. God made us one team. And that was the end of the hostility so that God could build something new. A team designed by God. Made with humans. With Jesus Christ as the head coach, if you will. That's what he's saying. We are now one team sponsored by Jesus Christ. We wear his jersey. We have a number. Now, we're not intended to be spectators, right? We don't get the jersey and sit up in the stand and go, woo! No, that's not what's happening here. You know, as a matter of fact, we all show up here and guess what this place is? This is not the game. This is the recruiting center. This is the training center. This is where you get fed and nurtured. This is where you learn the game plan. This is where you get to know the coach more intimately. This is what this is all about. This is where we come together and help our teammates. And then we leave. We don't leave our jersey at the door when we go, right? No, 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 no. We put our jersey on and we go out. Because here's the deal. There is no I in team. Y'all heard that before? You are part of God's game plan. You are intended to play. You're part of God's game plan. You get the jersey. You get a number. You're part of it. See, Jesus didn't come to make us Christians. Ugh. Jesus came to create a new humanity. And to show us how to be authentically human. A new humanity. God's team. That lives by his playbook. Which is love and relationship with God as God intended. And with each other. We're intended to play this game by God's rules. Not our own. This game of reconciling the world with one another. 
this game of bringing others into the team and let them learn their identity as God's beloved child. This is who we are. And this is what we are. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.